Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this week's special episode, we're looking at the M&A Annual Leaks Report. It's a study by the M&A Research Centre at Bayes Business School for SS&C Intralinks. I'm pleased to welcome back to the podcast Dr. Valeria Vitkova, who's a senior lecturer in corporate finance at Bayes and a director of client research at the M&A Research Centre. She also wrote the report. Hi, Val. Thanks very much for joining me today. Hi. Very happy to be here. So you've led the research for Intralink's annual deal leak study since its start. Now, this year's study is a little bit different to previous years because it looks at gender diversity when it comes to deal leaks. Can you begin by briefly explaining why this topic needs to be included? So what we've seen is that uh, there's a growing number of studies uh, that show that higher levels of gender diversity, so more equal representation of uh, men and women in the boardroom, can lead to more positive outcomes for companies. So, for example, previous studies show that more gender diverse boards are associated with, for example, less frequent and uh, less severe securities fraud. There's fewer environmental sanctions, there's lower tax avoidance, and there's also uh, lower rates of account misreporting and manipulation. And then the other aspect um, that motivated us relates to why having more gender-balanced boards and more gender-balanced senior leadership teams is good for companies. Um, And there are three factors here. Uh, One is that prior evidence shows that gender diversity can help to improve the monitoring function of the board of directors. So that links, for example, to some fundamental functions such as uh, there's better attendance of meetings, or the quality of the discussions that take place can be better. Um, Also, there is better monitoring of the disclosures and the reports that uh, companies produce. Um, And there is also studies that show that women can be more risk averse and they can be less overconfident. And I think that's quite interesting. Uh, And one of the reasons why Uh, as given uh, as a rationale and explanation about these findings is that there's probably unequal levels of discipline being applied to uh, male and female employees. So, uh, for example, studies show that female employees who are responsible for missteps or who make mistakes are subject to stricter penalties than their male counterparts. And I can give you some statistics here. So one recent study, uh, which focuses on the financial services sector, shows that uh, following a case of misconduct, female advisors are uh, 20% more likely to lose their job and 30% less likely to find a new job compared to their male counterparts. 
So these findings help us to understand why there might be this tendency that uh, female uh, board members and uh, senior managers might be uh, more risk averse and less overconfident. Uh, but then the other, uh, a second area uh, where greater diversity can be beneficial is that it can help to improve the expertise and skills in the boardroom. So that can uh, help the functioning of the decision-making process. So for example, and this is supported by uh, studies as well. So uh, some studies show that more diverse management teams uh, can be more innovative and creative. They can be more open to different ideas uh, and they can be more willing to consider uh, alternative suggestions to various situations and problems that might arise. And this could be because when you have a uh, better balance between male and female uh, employees, then that allows for a greater variety of the educational and professional backgrounds. And then the third area uh, where having greater gender diversity can help is linked to this idea that women might be more stakeholder oriented. Um, and here we can think about the fact that historically uh, women have been taught uh, different types of what is considered to be appropriate behaviors. Uh, and maybe there are certain personality characteristics that may typically be associated with women, such as uh, being more caring or compassionate. Uh, or being more attentive to the needs of others. And in the corporate uh, context, this can translate into greater attention to the needs of customers, employees, shareholders. And again, there is some evidence to support this, uh, these ideas. And then what this boils down to is the fact that this can reduce the costs and increase the cash flows that companies generate. Uh, so a, one recent study that was actually produced by uh, our school, Bayes Business School, shows that it focuses on the uh, banking sector. And it shows that if you have higher number of female directors, uh, that can translate into smaller size fines for misconduct and obviously lower frequency of misconduct. And so the cost savings that they estimated can amount to uh, $8 million uh, per year. So then coming back to uh, our study, this is uh, what motivated us because uh, M&A leaks is a form of misconduct, is considered a form of uh, market abuse uh, that is subject to penalties by the regulatory bodies. Uh, and as far as we know, there aren't any prior studies that have addressed this uh, topic. And so uh, we thought that it would be a very, very interesting area to look into. Val, that's all really interesting. So women are good for business. That That's the kind of the crux of what you're saying. So the study that you've completed, so the study looking at leaks, how does gender diversity at board level relate to deal leaks for public targets between 2008 and 2022, last year? What are the key findings from your research into this? So I think that one of the key findings uh, that stands out from our analysis is that 
uh, deals involving targets with more balanced, uh, gender balanced boards are associated with the lower incidence of dual leagues. And here we find a stronger impact when we focus on uh, gender diversity at the executive as opposed to the non-executive board member level. And the way that we rationalize this is that uh, executive board members um, have more influence, more power. They are insiders. They go and work for the company on a daily basis. They have more information. Uh, and so that can um, have a greater impact. So we find, for example, that targets with more than 30% female executive board members experience approximately two percentage points lower incidence of leaks. Um, and we've also looked at combinations between uh, levels of gender diversity at the non-executive and executive level. And what we find is that the lowest percentage of deal leaks uh, takes place when you have 30%, at least 30% executive and at least 30% non-executive uh, female board members. Uh, and in fact, in for those companies that have this kind of level of gender balance, uh, dual leaks, the percentage of dual leaks can, can be as low as 3%. So from 8.6% average, you can go down to 3%. Um, and this is interesting because it relates to uh, an important concept about critical mass. So uh, there are studies that show that you do need to have a certain number of female executives to be able to uh, achieve change and generate value. So if you have, for example, just one or two female executives who are there just to account for their social category, which is sometimes refer referred to as a token female director, then that uh, doesn't really make a difference. In fact, it can destroy value. Uh, so I think that also is supported by our study. Uh, and uh, just a couple of other points. So what we find is that uh, when you have greater uh, gender diversity uh, at the target board level, uh, this can lead to for those deals that are for those deals that are leaked. This can lead to uh, lower completion rates and higher premiums being paid. Um, and the way that I would explain this is that it's possible that when you have uh, boards with more uh, more gender diverse, more female representatives, uh, they would be less willing to complete a transaction that is associated with a leak because of the negative connotations with market abuse and misconduct that surrounds these kinds of transactions. Um, so I think these are the most uh, interesting findings when it comes to uh, our analysis of gender diversity and M&A leaks. And can you talk about cause and effect and where that fits into the picture, please? Yes, I think this is really important to address, and we have to be uh, a little bit critical here when we're looking at these results uh, and uh, admit that proving that something is a cause that results in an effect uh, is typically challenging. So to say that more gender balanced boards are the cause that leads to the result of lower frequency of deal leaks is difficult. Uh, and that is because of something that uh, in academia we refer to as reverse causality. 
uh, which means that it could be the case that female executives choose to work for companies that are less likely to engage in misconduct and fraudulent behavior in the first place. Um, and we should also mention the fact that the number of M&A uh, deals involving leaks is relatively small. As we say, it's about 8% on an annual basis out of all of the announced transactions for public targets. Uh, so the sample size shrinks even further when we uh, exclude companies for which we don't have information about the gender composition of the board of directors. And so the ability to examine trends or to make definitive conclusions about cause and effect is limited and we need to acknowledge this. Okay, thank you. And so moving away from the gender specific results and looking more broadly at the deal leaks report, the number of deal leaks were, were broadly the same in 2022 compared to the previous year, but there was a much higher value in those deals. Can you give us some of the headline findings from the report, please? Uh, so globally, what we find is that uh, M&A deal leaks in 2022 remain broadly at the same level uh, as the year before. So we find that 8.6% of all deals announced uh, involved the leak compared to 8.9% uh, in the year before. Uh, and what we're seeing is that the level of deal leaks has remained roughly the same, uh, eight, between 8 and 9% since 2009. Um, and in my opinion, this suggests that uh, potentially the actions that regulators are taking to prevent deal leaks have not been fully effective uh, since about 2009. Um, but we need to acknowledge that some deal leaks are unintentional. So they are accidents or they happen by mistake. Uh, but of course, it's unlikely that all M&A deal leaks are accidents and they all happen unintentionally. Um, and we've conducted interviews in the past, which actually uh, also suggest that uh, certainly some deal leaks are intentional. Um, and then we should look at the how this changes per a region, country, and industry, because looking at the global global picture can disguise some uh, interesting differences at the uh, regional, country, and industry levels. Yeah. So, can you run through the the countries that got that have got the highest level of leaks, please? So, the rankings of the countries uh, in terms of deal leaks can vary from one year to the next. Uh, and if we take the percentage of deal leaks over the period since two thousand and nine, we find that the leakiest countries are uh, Hong Kong, South Korea, and India. Uh, and these kinds of differences in the number of uh, leak deals may be of particular interest to regulatory bodies in these countries, uh, because this highlights the need for increased regulatory measures, market monitoring to help to tackle these levels of misconduct. Uh, but we should also uh, be aware of the fact that the number of deals involving public targets uh, in some of these countries is relatively low, uh, especially when we're looking at an annual frequency of leaks. So, for example, out of the top three leakiest countries that we find for uh, 2022, uh, France 
had a relatively uh, lower volumes of public target M&A transactions in 2022. So we need to be a little bit cautious when we consider these results. Um, so what we're saying here is that some small changes in the number of deals can produce larger swings. So what I think is more important to focus on is the um, overall picture since 2009, where some countries have consistently been the leakiest. And let's look at the broader regional trends. While leaks decreased in Asia Pacific and Europe, Middle East and Africa, the Americas was a different story with a significant increase in that region. What's your thesis on the significant rise in deal leaks in the Americas? In 2022, uh, North America was the leading region globally in terms of M&A deals. Uh, and so the higher levels of deal activity mean that there is likely to be more competition for targets in these regions. And so when there is more um, excitement in the M&A markets, we tend to observe more deal leaks. Uh, this could also be uh, due to the way that business is done or cultural factors in some of these markets. Uh, and this is likely to lead to higher levels of leaks at the region uh, and country level. Um, it's also important to mention that these markets are subject to different rules and regulations. And it is the perceived threat of being caught in insider trading scandals uh, that can impact the behavior of different market players. Um, and so that, that, that's uh, the key drivers. I think it's the excitement uh, in terms of having greater M&A activity and competition and also potentially the perceived threat that you might be caught could potentially be lower in uh, these regions. Great, thank you. And I'd like to talk very briefly about sectors. The sector with the highest level of leaks was retail, followed by TMT and then industrials and healthcare. Why are these sectors, particularly retail, traditionally so leaky? So it's a similar story to the region uh, story because in 2022, we had a record 20-year high uh, M&A deal volumes experience in the retail sector. And reasons for this higher uh, deal activity uh, are re related, for example, to companies seeking to improve their uh, ESG capabilities uh, and performance through mergers and acquisitions. Um, there's also been uh, increased focus on developing sustainable supply chains. Uh, we have seen increased focus on healthy eating, uh, increased fo focus on ethical work practices and the use of plant-based ingredients. So M&A can enable companies to quickly uh, buy capabilities to improve the way that they uh, operate uh, technology has been another major driver uh, of deal volumes. Uh, looking companies looking to develop e-commerce ca capabilities, for example, uh, uh, with direct to customer channels. Okay, so that, that's more about the um, the number of deals in those sectors. Yeah, and then that's what drives the higher volumes of activity, which leads to this competition and excitement in the market, uh, which could also result in potentially uh, greater media coverage, sometimes even media hype, and then that can be 
a stimulating factor for companies to leak transactions. And we're just going to have to whiz through the last questions because we are running out of time. So leak deals took a shorter time to complete compared to deals without a leak. What's the reason for that difference? So from the buyer's perspective, uh, it could be that faster time to complete uh, helps because of the threat or presence of competing uh, bidders. Uh, From the target's point of view, longer time to completion could mean that uh, there is a longer due diligence process, and this increases the chances that the buyer can discover red flags that result in the deal being abandoned. And so there could be advantages on both the target and the buyer side to leak the deal to speed up the process. Yeah, so that is one of the reasons why deals get leaked and also that higher premium that you mentioned earlier. Just to finish up, can you briefly outline what dealmakers can learn from your research when they plan for 2024? How can they try to ensure that deals aren't leaked? So I think one of the kind of new messages coming from our research is linked to the gender diversity idea. So uh, setting the tone right at the top uh, starting from the senior leadership team uh, is important. So more gender balanced boards can be more effective potentially uh, in uh, monitoring and dealing with uh, M&A situations to reduce the likelihood that there are leaks. Um, other measures can include more careful drafting of non-disclosure agreements uh, between a target buyer and uh, other uh, parties to the M&A process. So, for example, you could adopt uh, penalty clauses or inclusion of lower advisor fee uh, and lower purchase price clauses in the transaction engagement agreements uh, to to help to have more kind of st- stringent consequences in the case of uh, deal leaks. Uh, and I guess increasing the use of virtual data rooms, uh, secure, more secure communication channels, uh, improved cyber, cyber security measures can also be uh, very, very important. Val, great to talk to you again. Thank you very much. That was Dr. Valeria Vitkova of Bayes Business School. Thanks for listening to this week's special episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week.